Welcome in to another edition of the Stripe Show podcast, not just any edition. This is the 200th episode of the program, and we are doing it big this time. We've got a major champion on. If you're going to have a major champion on, you want to have a major champion from the week of the major championship, and that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. Four-time PGA Tour winner, 2003 champion golfer of the year, and a member of the 2008 winning, by the way, Ryder Cup team. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Curtis. Ben, thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thanks, Froggy. Great to be on. Yeah, you know what? I mean, really, it, I, I'll never forget that week. I mean, it was, it was an amazing <laughs> week, and I'm sure if I remember it, you must remember it like it was just yesterday. Oh, I do. You know, parts of it, it you know, especially this week, you know, when the week comes, it's very special and brings back a lot of memories. But, you know, had a lot of fun that week, and it, uh, truly everything just kind of came in together it's just one of those things every time you win that's kind of what happens but uh to happen in a in my first start in a major was just truly special and and to be in one of the biggest tournaments in the world that's that's awesome yeah i mean let's go back to that so it is i mean you you say that really nonchalantly your very <laughs> first time i think one person's done it since then keegan bradley won his first chance in a major right um so it's your first chance in a major had in a major had you played Lynx golf had you seen a lot of Lynx golf no, I, I played the World Am in Germany, and it was the closest thing. It, it labeled itself as a Lynx course. Right. It kind of reminded me of Carnoustie a little bit. It had trees on that perimeter, but nothing in the middle. And uh, But, yeah, that was the closest thing I saw. I mean, they had the bunkers just like, you know, you see what we'll see this week. But, again, I don't think it's true Lynx because it wasn't. It was inland, not on the coast. Right. Now, you gained entry into the British uh, back in 03 with a T13 at the Western Open a few weeks prior, and, and you got in. When you were going into the tournament, did you think you had a chance to win? I wasn't necessarily thinking of winning. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> yeah. crazy to think that. I mean, obviously, that's the goal every week. But, you right. know, at that point, you know, I was just gaining experience, gaining uh I was just trying to gain, you know, confidence because still trying to find my way around. And, right. But, you know, I played extremely well. The four previous starts each week was getting better and better. So you see the trend. You see the stuff going in the right direction. Now, you just never know when that lightning's going to strike, right? And everything comes together. Right. And, uh, but uh, it was, you know, I could see parts of it, but to, to have it happen that week, no, I didn't see it coming. You know, now, my goal was to make the cut. That was, that was the main right. goal, really. Right. Well, coming down the stretch, do you look at the leaderboard? I mean, here's VJ Singh, uh, Tiger Woods, Davis Love the third, Nick Faldo's up there, Sergio Retief. They're all in the top 10. Uh, are you looking at that leaderboard? Do you know where you stand? You do. Um, I did. Um, I tried to stay away from it, but when I got on 12, it was hard not to. <laughs> it was right. right there. Andy, my cat, was like looking over me. I'm like, what's he looking at? We were kind of waiting a little bit. And then I found out what he was looking at. And uh, I looked, peeked over, and there it was. And I saw I had a two shot lead at that point. And, you know, that's really when the nerves started kicking in. Um, at that point, I was just riding that high. I, you know, the whole thing the night before, I kept telling myself, if I just hit the fairway in the first hole, I'm going to win. And so did I you, did. did. Yeah, I, well, well, I didn't stay in the fairway hit and rolled into the semi rough, but mm -hmm. I, I went on and made birdie and just really uh, put the pressure off until the 12 hole. 
and then I looked over. But I always looked at the leaderboard. I always kind of knew where I stood. Uh, it never really affected me too much, and, and and especially at that point, it really gave me confidence after that week to be able to handle that. So every time I was in contention, it didn't, you know, it didn't phase me too much. Now, did you go early on Thursday? Were you, were you an early Thursday, late Friday, or late early? No, I was late early. So I got the good end. Uh, we had clear skies, but we had a little more wind. But other than that. Were you watching early Thursday when you're watching to see exactly what the golf course was given? Yeah. So that's the beauty over there. Um, you know, back then they, they played it from seven o'clock until the last ball went in. So you could watch it on BBC. It would change channels between BBC one and 10, but you know, right. but it would, but you could watch it from, you know, basically from the first guy teeing off till the end. And so you watched it. Do you remember seeing anything early on on that Thursday that gave you a chance of whether you were a little worried or you thought, Hey, maybe I can get it. Well, I saw what Tiger did obviously. And that's <laughs> losing his ball and go back to the tee and, you know, so he hit it right, and I get up there. I was extremely nervous and snap-hooked it left. And, you know, luckily they found mine and, you know, scraped a par out of it, made like a 40-footer for par. So that's wow. kind of how my my open started. But, yeah, I did watch quite a bit. You know, you, you like to see where the – you have a pretty good idea where the pins are going to be, but you don't really know where everything else is. You know, you don't you, – you know, obviously you could watch it all day but never be in a spot that somebody was in. But you can right. learn a lot, see how the ball's breaking, if it's rolling out extra, stuff like that. Had you played a lot of practice rounds? Like, is that my, when, when do you get a chance? I mean, you could go early, but did you play like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday leading in? I played, actually, we got there Friday before, and I played Saturday, Sunday, nothing Monday, played Tuesday, and then just nine holes on Wednesday. Nine holes Wednesday. Yeah. Now, yeah. I... I I've heard the story, but maybe some people haven't. If you could tell a story about who you sat next to on the flight headed over. Oh, that was funny. I get waking up in the middle of the flight with elbows in my stomach. And uh, and we, we were sitting, Candace was sitting next to Jermaine Jackson. And I kind of looked at her was like, so? <laughs> and went back to sleep. And then I wake up when we landed and she was... Uh, she was talking to him and I got the whole life story from the airport to our, our apartment that we rented that week. So it, it really just funny. adds to the craziness of the week. You know, you, you go there, you, you, you win, you come home. And I'd seen a story that coming home, um, you heard a lot from legends that were, that were congratulating you on your way home on your victory. Yeah. I mean, I, I got letters from Nicholas and uh, Palmer and, uh, but I talked to uh, actually Tiger cause I was with his agent. Cause I was with IMG and he, he was on the flight to clean that the direct flight. So they were on our plane. And so he was talking to tiger as we were walking towards through the airport. And right. I, so I spoke to him for a few minutes, but yeah, just, you know, a lot of, you know, old friends, a lot of colleagues that I played with on the mini tours and, you know, stuff like the college with that got a lot of calls from it was great, great to hear from like Zach Johnson was one of them. And, right. you know, who, who, got his card later that year. And then, you know, we know what he's done since. Right. You know, so it's been pretty cool. Now, as you're on 18, I know you had to get up and down. You were over the green, over the back of the green and had it not in what anybody would call an easy up and down. And that putt on 18 was how long for par? It was about 10 to 12 feet. You know, I, I don't know exact. Did you know the magnitude of what that putt represented? Because at the time, I believe Thomas Bjorn still has a has not made double on sixteen yet, or you don't know he has, anyways. 
I didn't know. And I think, you know, I heard it was pretty much simultaneously. Basically, I'm chipping. He's hitting out of the bunker. Right. Uh, I, I tried to make the chip. It wasn't that hard of a chip, even though it was fairly long distance from the hole. But it was just, you know, get it on the green, start letting it run. And so I wanted to be aggressive with that. It got a little bit maybe more speed than I wanted. But, uh, you know, still let myself a decent putt. Uh, you know, just a fairly straight, a little left to right, but, you know, maybe just on the edge, just out. And, uh, you know, when I was over, actually, I was just thinking, if I make this, I'm going to keep my card for the year. That was kind of my focus. <laughs> it wasn't right. this, and I kept telling myself, just, just make a good stroke, just make a good stroke. You know, I kept saying that in my head, probably, probably said it 20, 30 times, you know, as I'm reading the putt, Philip Price was putting as well. And, and so, it gave me an opportunity to kind of block everything out. And so, yeah, that's what I tried to do. And then just, I made a good thought. As soon as I hit it, I pretty much knew. You knew it was going in. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then, so he's, Thomas Bjorn still had two holes left to play. So he makes the double on 16. Then he makes another bogey, correct? He three putted 17, but he was a long way. I think it was on the far left side of the green. Right. And then missed like a six, maybe six, eight foot or something like that. Come uh-huh. on. I remember correct, but I didn't get to see it because I basically was thinking playoff and with all, you know, I was six, you know, I was probably more nervous afterwards. Really? <laughs> you know, I was thinking, well, playoff, you know, you're getting pushed a hundred different directions. You know, Candace was there and, you know, they were like, well, you should go to the range. You should stay here. And it was like, oh, if I had it over again. I loved it. You know, we should have, she should have came to the range with me or I should have stayed with her. And, right. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you wish you could do differently. And that's right. just a small thing. But now past open champions get uh, automatic eligibility until 60, I believe. Obviously, right. this week with it already have started, you're obviously not there as we're talking to you from Ohio. Um, do you plan on playing in the Open Championship again? I I do not plan to. I want to go back, especially when it goes back to uh, when it goes back to St. Andrews, where they have the dinner and all that. Love to do that again, whether that be next year or you know, twenty twenty six or whenever five, whenever it goes back. So we'll see, but. Uh, I had no plans to now, but, you know, 10 years ago, I would have never told you I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't be playing golf right now. So, who right. Knows? you know, that brings me to another question. I do want to get to the fact that you're not playing golf and why. And I know it's a decision that you you made on your own. But uh, as we have the Open going this week, what is the key to winning at this golf course? And is this a case of accuracy? Trump's length or is length always going to be accuracy and because it's always different over on a links course. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top rated sports book. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. Place a pre-round tournament wager of $1 on any golf outcome to be eligible to cash $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie. That's 50 to 1 odds on any golfer sinking a birdie during this weekend's tournament. 50 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. 
So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TRAVIS when you sign up to turn $1 into $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie during this week. And that's code Travis to turn $1 into $50 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Winnings paid out inside credit. Restriction supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I think accuracy is definitely more important. Now the length will help if you hit it straight, but if right. you're not, it's more, it's, it's more precision and then staying out of those bunkers. Uh, the key there, like the fairways are kind of upside down bowls, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it hits in the middle, but it runs off towards the side. So, um, so length isn't everything. It, it's, it does help when you're in the fairway and you do, but uh, if you drive it straight, and you chip and putt it really well, you're going to do fine there. And that's that's a key pretty much to every open. I mean, you still have to hit the good shots, but iron play. But, it, you know, it comes down to, it, you know, the difference between the guy that just makes a cut to the guy that wins and hitting is it's a very small number, right? It's a couple, right. couple more greens, maybe a couple feet closer on average, but it's not a significant number. But the, where you'll see the big differences in the putting. Right. Who do you like this week? Well, that's a million dollar question, right? <laughs> but, it is. Uh, um, you know, I, Shoffley, I think, is really close to being due. You know, Ustazen as well. You know, with his run lately, you know, obviously he has the confidence. Hopefully uh, he's won it before. Um, and, you know, Rory, somebody like that. You know, it's hard to say because very few guys that get off to the lead Thursday end up holding. So, but we'll see how it plays out. Um, again, it's deeper than it's ever been, right? I mean, I think you got probably 120 guys that could win. It's just a matter of who shows up, who plays well. Right. You won an 03. Darren Clark won last time it was there in 2011. So does this course lend itself to somebody who hasn't won a major before? Does this course make it, is it more open? Is it more open field? Uh, I guess so. Maybe because of the patience part of it. Like, you, you know, I've heard people talk about like playing on the moon there, but you know, you gotta be extremely patient. So the guys that are patient have really good chance. And yeah, I remember there's weeks I was extremely patient. Like I was that week, but there's other weeks where I wasn't playing good. I was, <laughs> you know, wasn't patient. I was forcing the issue, but I think, um, you know, it's hard to say. These guys are well prepared. They're, you know, they're, they, you know, we were watching the other day and someone's at, um, was at the locker room where my golf academy is and the guy, the shoe guy, uh, locker room attendant, he was like, look at the, you know, look how many people are with these guys. I'm like, yeah, they got their swing coach, their putting coach, <laughs> their nutritionist, they got their trainer, they, right. they, they got their head guy with the psychologist. And it's like, you know, it, it, these guys are so prepared now. And uh, and that's, what I think, why you see a lot of these young players winning so early, too. I mean, it feels like, and, and we, we had John Daly on the podcast uh, just yesterday, and he said that right now these fields are so deep, the talent level is so deep that 
you know, these young kids can win just as much as anybody else can win. Yeah, they do. I mean, look what Wolf did. I know he's extremely talented. He comes out with first few starts, wins. Jordan Speed, same thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, these guys are not afraid anymore. I mean, I was, I was so nervous the first five six months of my year. Right. You know, and to, these guys are not. They don't care. They don't. I mean, let's. I'm gonna say they don't give a shit, right? They no, just they come don't. Out there, like I was out there. I'm like, oh, Nick Price, Joe, Nick Faldo. You got, you know, Marco Mira. You got Tiger Woods. You got Ernie Els. BJ. I got. I was so nervous that I didn't even shake BJ's hand the first time I played with them at Bay Hill. It's like, <laughs> you know, I was so nervous to go over to. Sit, but he's not like gonna come over and just like shake. You got to go to him, right? right. And right. We were walking off the tee box, and I'm like, "Hey, VJ, I'm actually playing with you today." <laughs> you know, and you know, he was good, great about it. But uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things. These guys don't care. I mean, it's they're out there for their own, you know, to to win and and to, to and they have the game to do it. So. And it's good to see. You know, we do have we have young guys winning, but then here we have. Phil wins the PGA. Lucas Glover just won. It's good to see that, you know, every now and then these other guys kind of step up. Phil really rose to the occasion of the PGA um, and kind of went out there in what they thought was not going to be a great golf course for him. And he went out and took it away from everybody. Exactly. I mean, I remember like Lucas and I grew up basically playing junior golf against each other. And obviously he was from South Carolina, but and went to Clemson. But we, we saw a lot of each other in junior and amateur golf. He's always been extremely talented he kind of you know had a struggle there and i would say what he win the open in 10 or yeah it's been a little while yeah i mean i think i saw something the other day it's been he won in early 2000 he won in 2010 21 i think he's like one of five guys on tour in different decades of the 2000s so uh, it just shows you that you know if you keep working at it the talent doesn't go away right lucas his talent's not going to go away but it's all the work that you got to put into it <laughs> to sustain that and right that's, that's where i think you, you see the burnout at least in my situation and probably multiple of other players Right. Now you won three more times on tour. Did you find it? Obviously your, you know, your first win very early on, you win a major, you win the 2003 open championship, but then you won three more times and you're on a Ryder cup team. So a very well accomplished player. Did you find it as hard to win the second, third and fourth time as it was to win that first time? Well, I think the second time for sure, <laughs> was, uh, you know, just getting that monkey off my back, so to speak, you know, just waiting, uh, Right, that you weren't a one-hit wonder. You weren't just a one-time. Right, player. and you know the talk of it after two more years on tour was kind of that, and you know, and at the end of '05, I was kind of really sick of it, so to speak. <laughs> and right, so I worked, sure. I, I worked twice as hard as I did the previous year, and you know, that's the thing. I kind of tell these kids within my golf game. I don't care what I tell you, but the harder you work and the more time and effort you put into it, obviously you got to do the right stuff. But if you do it, like results will come, right? And it will, you will benefit from it. You may not see it tomorrow or next week, but you'll see it down the road. And uh, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's a tough game. And, uh, you know, any, once you think you got it figured out, it comes back and gets you, oh. right? <laughs> you know, I and hate, that's, I hate nothing but that's more the beauty than... of it. Yeah, I think like I'll be on my way to the golf course. I'm like, hey, I'm going to play well today because I'm I'm been hitting it good. And you get to the golf course and you go on the range and you hit it good on the range and you're like, I got this. And then you get out on the golf course and it's awful. 
And then I've had the complete opposite where I'm like, I just hope I can keep it on the map today and I can't hit it on the range. And then you get out there on the golf course, you make everything. It, it is yeah. such a, it, well, it's, it's, it's hard. It's the, it's the mental. I think when you're on the range and not hitting it good, it makes you focus. It gets you really dialed in. When you're hitting it good, you think, you know, you almost get overconfident. Oh, <laughs> you think you're the best player in the world. Right. And then it just shows you that, you know, any given day, that's why there's so many different things out there you can do with your golf swing. Like I tell kids, if there was a perfect way to swing it, wouldn't they have figured it out? And right. when we all swing it the same way, well, we don't. But nobody swings it the same way. You know, it's like I've, I've got an 18 year old son and he'll say, I don't like the way my swing looks on camera. And I'm like, OK, well, I said, well, you know, Jim Furyk probably didn't love the way his swing looked on camera, but he's made a hell of a career out of it. It's not really yeah. how it looks. It's the ball doesn't lie and the divot doesn't lie. And if, they, right. if, if that worked, then who cares? Yeah, I mean, just watch the ball play. That's what I tell the kids. Watch what the ball's doing in the air. And it tells you a lot. I, my swing, I bought, we watched a little highlight the other day. My son wanted to watch it as well. He's 14. He's playing and he's like, oh, I want to watch. So we YouTube did put it on the TV and, and I'm like, oh, look at that swing. <laughs> like, but I told him, I said, I knew what the ball was doing at that time. And I, especially the good players, they, they may not be hitting it perfect, but ooh, they know what the ball's doing and, and have a shot that you can rely on too. You know, when things went bad, I just, just did it like a big cut, you know, and just went right. for it. And just now, were you it. a Who tinker? Cares? Were you a tinkering kind of guy? Did you did you mess with your swing a lot? The reason I asked that is John Rom just came out and said he doesn't tinker. He doesn't care what anybody else does. He's got his swing. It's the way he's going to swing it, and that's just him. He's not a tinkering guy. Yeah, I mean, I tinkered, but I think when I played my best, there was no tinkering. It was <laughs> just really just do the fine, make sure ball position, just a small thing, you know, make sure uh, rhythm was good and all that good stuff. And, you know, and, and, and adapt to the situation, you know, but that's, I think another thing these guys do so well, they adapt to the conditions they're playing. But uh, no, I didn't tinker too much. You didn't, you know, you, so you made that 2008 Ryder cup team. You made it on points. It wasn't, you, you, you weren't, weren't a captain's pick or anything like that. Not that there's anything to be taken away from that, but you, you play your way onto the Ryder cup team and you guys won handily uh, at Valhalla. What was that experience like? Talk about it. Well, I don't know if we won handily, but I mean, I guess the singles went the way we wanted to do, you know, yeah. you um, won your singles match. <laughs> I did. And I, I remember we were sitting there, Paul was doing the thing and he is my rookie rookie one. And I was, I played with Stricker in the best ball format and on Friday and Saturday. And I remember he's doing the list and he puts me down at 11. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> A rookie and it going to come down to me. He's like, I think we're going to be good. I want, and he had our whole pod, you know, Stricker, I think was right in front of me. Stewart was just in front of him. And then no, Stricker was behind me. That's it. Stricker was, so he, was the, me. he was the anchor match. He was the anchor. And then I was right in front of him. And then Campbell, I was right behind Stewart. That's what it was. And then Campbell was right in front of him. He goes, I want you guys that, you know, you can never tell how we were playing by looking at it. Right. That was his thing. He goes, you guys are the even keels and you go out there, you don't show emo- you, you guys are going to be my rock, you know, but and it gave me confidence. I'm like, this guy, you know, this is Paul Asian. You're a captain telling me that <laughs> he wants to put me at 11 and you know, Stricker was probably what third or fourth, fifth in the world, something like that right. at the time. I mean, so 
yeah, it was, he might've been number two. I don't know, <laughs> but you, you know, whatever he was, it was like, oh. but he had the fire guys out front, right? He had Phil, AK, uh, the fiery, uh, Boo, all those guys that kind of got the momentum going for right. us. And, and, you know, obviously I think that's, that's the tone too, but, um, and Paul was so great. Like it was such a great experience, but he, you know, he made it, he put the, like, I've always played that underdog thing, right? I go up on a small public course, was never the flashy guy and never, you know, I was number one ranked amateur in the world, but yet no one knew who I was, right? Really? But everybody knew. Yeah, but everybody knew who Jordan Spieth was, John Rutt, when these guys came out, right? But no one right. really. But so I kind of used that as motivation as well, and that's kind of how Paul did it. So I think that it really fired us up, and he was so good at that, and that was it was a lot of fun. Was that Ryder Cup experience important to you to make that team? Was that a big deal? You know, I think it it was because I had a chance. Obviously, my rookie to make the Presidents Cup, and you know, I was talked to Jack and I was on this on his radar, but just didn't quite get there. And yeah, so it's always something you want to play for your country, obviously. And I think it really solidified my career. Like I think it made the decision not to play again, you know, when I decided to put it up, it really, you know, made the decision easier. I've accomplished everything, right? <laughs> won a right. major, won a couple other tour events, played in the Ryder Cup. I mean, other than playing a president's cup. What else can you really do in this game? Right. You know, other right. than rack up titles. I mean, when I was 15 years old, if you would have told me that I'd accomplished that, I would have signed that in a heartbeat and never played a tournament again. So, right. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it definitely was one of those things that I, you know, the only thing I was hoping that the next time around was to make, to go to Europe because I think it'd be fun to play on that, that soil just to have that experience. Correct. You know, because I'm used to having the crowd kind of behind me, even though I'm an American, and, but you're playing in the British, right? You've won the Open and stuff. So that you kind of get that crowd behind you. It would have been fun to have them actually rooting against you for a week. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the team atmosphere is obviously hugely important, and it sounds like you guys had a really good – Paul was able to get that team atmosphere. Yeah. Um, with the Ryder Cup, we've got President's Cup this year, Ryder Cup next year uh, coming up. There's a lot of talk about – Bryson and Brooks, do you think that's a situation where they could be on the same team and it would work? Or do you think that's a, a problem before it's even getting started? Rapsodo mobile launch monitor, improve your golf swing today. Pro level launch data in the palm of your hand. It is very accurate within 2% of a $20,000 unit. The Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with Shot Tracer, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances for each club. Rapsodo MLM provides immediate feedback, data, and creates a better practice environment, not mindlessly hitting balls. Extremely portable, cases about the size of a rangefinder. And you know what? You can use it both indoors and outdoors. I love this launch monitor. It's the Rapsodo Mobile Launch Monitor. Check it out at rapsodo.com, R-A-P-S-O-D-O.com, rapsodo.com. That's a good question. I think, you know, I, uh, Steve would, you know, he's the type of guy who would probably doesn't, he's a lot like me, you know, with the Ryder Cup coming up at Whistling Straight. He's probably the type that wouldn't want that drama, right? <laughs> He'd probably just keep them separate just to avoid that. Um, yeah, because chances you know, are they're both going to make the team. 
yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, if not, one of them's probably going to be the pick, right? I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, they're two of the hottest names in the world. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, I think you know, remember when Hal Sutton did it with Dome Tiger, right? How'd that turn out, right? It didn't work <laughs> so out too I, good, right? So it can work out, I'm sure, but and it'd be a tough call to make. <laughs> That's yeah, the do- thing. I remember talking to Paul. This is kind of what he did. He's like, here's my idea, and who do you get along with, right? And then he even called us. Like, he even called, you know, I made the team, and then he called me like a week later. He goes, hey, I'm asking everybody, who should, you know, here's the the list I have of who we should pick, and who do you want in your pod, you know? And, you know, and we kind of gave our thoughts and, and stuff, and, you know, he pretty much had his mind made up, I think. But, you know, the captain coming back to us, for especially for someone that wasn't playing at the time, like Stricker's still active playing and all that. So he right. still has those relationships with those guys. Um, whereas Paul was kind of outside looking in. <laughs> and But for him to do that, was, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, Paul's a good guy. He really is a super good guy. He was a great captain. I mean, that really worked out well. But the team atmosphere really is so important because there's a, there's a lot of talent on both sides. Right. But if the team chemistry doesn't work, you could see it like you just brought up when they did the um, Tiger Phil matchup. It just didn't work. Like now they appear to be buddies and everything appears to be great. And they've played this match together that we've seen on television that now it's kind of turned into Brady and playing with Phil and Charles Barkley yeah. and all the guys they're doing. But it didn't work then. It probably worked now. But that team atmosphere is so, so important. It is. And it's tough, I think, because they were trying to one-up each other, right? Not necessarily like to say, but just for, not ego, but just for career purposes, right? Right. They, they wanted to be the best player to ever live. And, and I think it's tough, right? I don't know if Jack and Arnold always had the best relationship at the beginning. I would imagine it was probably some <laughs> fighting or not right. fighting, but, you know, I think there have always been professional about it, but it's just like, you know, Jack always wanted to be the best. I'm sure Arnold always wanted to be the best. Right. But it's, it's a tough thing. And then, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's funny because like when we did it, we, I know I keep going back to it, but, you know, Phil, I didn't hardly see the other guys. I mean, I just saw Stricker, uh, Stewart, and Chad. I mean, it was like we sat at the same table every night. We played practice rounds together. We rode in the bus or whatever, cars together. Right. I didn't hardly see the other guys. Really? <laughs> you know, basically after the event was over is when we saw everybody. So, so your pod kind of stuck together. Yeah. Like wow. we ate lunch together. We ate, you know, we when we went out to watch a little bit on uh, – I think it was Saturday. I went out to watch a little bit. I watched Stuart and uh, Chad play their alternate shot together. And it was, it was fun. You know, so it's like, I didn't really see what everybody else was doing. Right. Now in 2017, you decided to stop playing professionally and it's not, has obviously not a case of of age, Uh, obviously not a case of you can't play golf. What was the reason in 2017 that you're like, I'm, I'm just not into this anymore. It, it it was a couple years running into it, you know. It took a while, but um, you know, I just didn't wasn't putting effort into it in the time, and it, obviously the results weren't. I wasn't playing well at all, and you could see it. I come home for three four weeks and hardly touch a club. Maybe a couple days before I left, and 
you can't do that. The guys are no. too good. And, and, and so it was like, I was burnt out and I came home uh, from Valero and Candace, my wife, she's like kind of put not the hammer down, but she kind of is like, you either got to go all in or get out. And she's like, I'll support either way. And just whatever you do, you, you know, but you got to go in or you're out. And I right. said, I'm out. <laughs> I didn't even think really? about it. I said, I'm out, you know? Wow. So, but and you stuck with I that decision. Yeah, I don't regret it at all. You know, I mean, it's it's great to be around my son. They're getting ready to go into high school with my daughter as well. And, you know, they're playing a little bit of golf and other sports. So it's just great to be around, to be a part of that. Yeah. You, you only can do that once, right? Once. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 100%. I just, in five years, when they finish, I'll be close to 50. I can go play the seniors if I want. But, yeah, w- uh, would you do that? That was actually my next question. It's funny. So I, I, you actually I, read my question. I don't know if I would or not. I don't know. Uh, I say no now, but, you know, maybe the urge to travel a little bit and to get out. Um, kids will be in college, and, and so who knows? <laughs> do you miss the game? Do you miss the competitiveness? No, not really, actually. I mean, I'm, you know, playing stuff here just for fun with, you know, the buddies and, you know, like we'll play a little game, but I'm not even that into it. All right. So hold (laughs) on. So, so so you play with your buddies. I'm guessing you kick your buddy's ass on a regular basis. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, you are still a major champion and a PGA tour pro. I mean, (laughs) I have to give them shots. Right. But you know, that's the beauty of the game. We can do that. Like I could give guys shots and, go out there and play but um and have a fun match but yeah even then i'm like oh it's all right whatever <laughs> right now do, do but, you watch much golf well my son does more than anybody so he'll put it on so you know if we're sitting around or grilling out or whatever i'll we'll watch a little more than majors did, did bet, you watch you know, the 2019 masters when tiger won again no i did not you did not i didn't watch that wow Wow. Um, I would have thought for sure Sunday because he had a chance. I would have thought, you know what? Everybody was yeah, watching that. Everybody was. Uh, I forget why, but I watched a little bit. I watched Phil this year. I watched said my old caddy, uh, Ricky Elliott, caddies for Kepka. So every time, there, it seems like every major I'm watching in now. <laughs> Which, by um, the way, I love how that that last week when, uh, when Bryson and Tim split <laughs> – <laughs> Kepka puts out, I want to make this national caddy day. Cause I couldn't do this without my man, Dick Elliott. I'm like, Brooks just never misses a chance to just take a shot ever. He, he does it. I think he, that's what motivates. I think, I think he likes that little, you know, somebody to kind of get him fired up. Right. I think he needs that little bit of motivation to, to help him. But, you know, I talked a lot of, with Ricky and, and stuff over the last few years. And it's like, he's a great guy. He's a lot. And I knew I met him a few times because I was still playing when he was obviously working with Brooks at the end of my career. But uh, he's, he seemed to be, he just doesn't, he doesn't care. Like he's one of, like we mentioned earlier, just oh, whatever. Right. He doesn't care. He, no. he doesn't care. I'll say so something what, controversial. Who cares? Right. He doesn't care. He does, you yeah. know what? I, I, I kind of like it. I know some people don't. We've had uh, Brandel Chambly here on, and Brandel's not a fan. Brandel wishes it would stop and doesn't think it's good for golf. And then everybody's entitled to their opinion. But that's kind of funny, put, though, because he'll put say ties that, on our right? sport. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brandel will say stuff that's kind of controversial. But uh, right. I, hey, I'm not trying to 
started a bay here. <laughs> no, it puts eyes on our sport, whether it's good or bad. It it still right. uh, puts some people to see it that that wouldn't normally see it. So, are, how often are you at the, uh, at the at the Ben Curtis Golf Academy? Is that something you do every day? It's not every day, but I basically four days a week. Um, so I have about thirty students that I work with or so, and it's kids that want to do what I want to do. You know, it's twelve to eighteen that have those aspirations to play at the next level and possibly pro, uh, maybe or even you know I have some kids that are just they just want to get better and you know make the varsity team and you know right. maybe see where that takes them. So it's been very rewarding. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's more than just how to hit it from point A to point B. It's you know all that other the preparation, the the work ethic, the practice habits, the you know tournament, you know what tournaments they should play in. Because hey, some kids you know they're probably not going to play Division One. They're probably good enough to play Division Two or Three. But right. you know, but you go where you can play, right? Give them advice on that. So if Kent State, which is where I went to school, it's right here in town, and they got a great program. If they're recruiting you, but you you feel like you can hardly play, why you know? Maybe not. That's not your choice. Maybe going to Mount Union down the road might be a better option where you can play every day. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, just giving them advice on that, you know, just helping them navigate. The, it's a I know what I went through, especially in that recruiting process. My right. parents had no clue. My school had no clue. And the kids aren't getting a lot of support from their schools. Right. So right. it's a great way to help them in that in that regard. So. And then what are you and Candace doing with the uh, Family Foundation? I know you guys are, are doing your part to help uh, families that are need, in need of food. Yeah, Candace, uh, she runs it. She We help uh, feed kids over long weekends throughout the school year. So the Ben Curtis Family Foundation, um, we, uh, we're, we started with 100 bags back in 2013, and we're now up to 4,800 bags a month. Uh, seven different school districts we also do a really cool uh, christmas program uh where the families come in we we give gifts to 500 different kids but they come in with their families and have a buffet style dinner uh we did it virtually last year but this year hopefully we can get back to doing it normal um they come in they get pictures with santa um and then they leave with their gifts so um it's you know without the support of our volunteers and our local communities obviously the money is important but you know all those little things <laughs> just like i tell people it's all the little things right golf it's just hey do you have the right alignment do you have the right ball position right right tempo it's the same thing with this to make help us you know, make it successful is just you know, the volunteers and, you know, obviously the donations as well, but in the schools are great to work with. So it's been great. It's been, you know, obviously very rewarding, but, uh, it, you know, with this pandemic, it really <laughs> opened everybody's eyes. I think yeah. to just the basic need. And that's what, you know, if you only got five bucks to give us, at least you're making a difference in someone's lives. And that's kind of how we look at it. Yeah, it's awesome that you guys are doing something to help the community that you live within and making it a better place. Because, you know, a lot of people don't, they, you know, they can help and they think that, you know, I'm not going to do enough to help. But every little bit does add up. And if everybody does a little bit, then that, every little bit's a lot when it comes down to helping people who are in need who can't help themselves. Exactly. I think, you know, what a lot of people, like we, we feed these kids, it's about four or five bucks a bag for the time. So through the 10 times throughout the school year. You know, you're helping these kids and it's 
you know, they're getting fed at school, which is great, but it's just those long weekends and when they're home, they, it's, it's very tough. And like you said, just the little things, anything you can do, just, <laughs> you know, extra toiletry or an extra box of cereal can make a big difference. Right. Are you playing golf this weekend or are you going to watch some open? I'm going to watch the open. I, I got a bunch of Academy stuff tomorrow and Friday or t- today and Friday. And then yeah, I'll watch it this weekend. I got to ask what, what's your, what's your handicap right now? It's a plus. I'm guaranteeing that. You know, just playing an event in Hawaii and I played horrible. I shot like 77 every day. Uh, that was back in February. And then anything to shoot 77 in, in, in every day. It just depends on where I'm playing. And, and, you know, some days I could shoot like a, played our local club a couple weeks ago with my son i shot like 68 but you know but you know the next i think we went out like two or three days later i don't i think i gave up on three holes <laughs> i hit in the shit hit in the junk and i just like all right, <laughs> okay i don't feel so bad now because i usually right. i've got about three holes when i play 18 and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna pick up i'm not gonna make myself yeah. crazy out here yes yeah, so it is crazy now, now that I don't play, right? It's just like if I hit it, I'm like I'm not even looking for it. It's just what goes first? Well, speaking of somebody who has been at the highest level, and okay. now you're just playing like this, what goes first? Is it the short game that goes first? Oh, uh, you know, for me, I've always been a straight driver, and that that's kind of what ended my career too. Is I just couldn't get into play very well, uh, just being a head case and. Uh, but the short game does go, but it, for me, it's not, hasn't been as drastic as the driver. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I do notice like a couple of times I'll have an easy chip or I think is easy and I hit it to 10 feet. Right. So <laughs> it's, right. it's just, it's just inconsistent. I think that's what goes away more than anything is the inconsistency. You know, some, some days I'm okay and some shots I'm okay, but then the very next one could be, could be ugly or, Duff it three feet in front. Right. But. <laughs> I'm very good at that. If you ever want to know yeah. how to do that, I I have got that shot down pat 100. <laughs> percent But uh, yeah. Ben, thank you so much for your time, man. Congratulations Thanks. once again on your uh, 2003 Open Championship, the uh, Ryder Cup win, just everything. Congratulations on your career, and congratulations on what you're doing to help the community there in which you live. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on and best of luck to you for congrats on your 200 show too, by the way. You got it, man. You were, you were episode 200. That will always go down. Ben Curtis hey. episode 200. It'll be easy to find. And it was at my dad. So speaking, uh, speaking of 200 shows. So we, we went to, uh, my dad was a big Packers fan and Ooh. I had to deal with the NFL. So this was back, I think it was 04, 05. We uh-huh. went down to, we went up to Lambeau Field and it got them to Brett Favre's 200 straight uh, start. At, wow. At NFL quarterback. So speaking of 200, so every time I hear 200, that's what I think of. So. Well, I'm going to let you know now that we're done. I'm a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and you know what we <laughs> did to the Packers twice last year. Well, you guys got the high end right now, which is great. It's he's great. Just, it's, he just doesn't know how to, I don't it's, I mean, I don't even want to say it because our season's about to start again. It's like the guy's good at everything. I, is there anything Brady's not good at? Have they figured it out? Other, I think maybe golf is the first thing we found he's not great at. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I think he's just very gifted, right? It's <laughs> Even, unbelievable. 
He I mean, looks good when he's yelling at people, you know? It's like, he does. <laughs> when we signed him as the Bucks, because I don't, I don't know how much you follow the NFL in, in a whole, but being a Buccaneers fan, um, we've been a pretty bad franchise. We were the losingest professional franchise in history. And I'm like, we're going to be the team that signs Tom Brady, and we're going to mess that up. That's what that's going to be our legacy now, but we yeah. didn't. So I'm very happy for what was able to what we were able to accomplish last year. Yeah. Well, and I think he's always had good coaches too, right? With them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, great offensive minds with Daniels up there in New England now. Yeah. So he's doing he's fine. <laughs> but yeah. like you, said, you he makes everything look good. He so. does. Are you a big are you a big football fan? I'm a, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say I'm religious about it. You know, watch every I mean, I'll try to watch every game. Actually, my son's a Packers fan, so he he's always throwing that on there because he followed my dad because the Browns were so bad. I'm actually a Browns fan, but oh, uh, you, but I think you're, be, the Browns are going to be good. It should be uh, should be fun. You know, two years ago they kind of had a lot of praise going into the season, and then you know turned out ugly. But I think yeah. they got the right coach now. I mean, he's he seems to be he reminds me of Trestle in a way where it just like you you watch him on the sideline is. Demeanor doesn't change no matter if they're getting beat by 20 or by 20. And I, think, I still thought I you had the Chiefs. I thought you had the Chiefs beat last year. I really did. That third down and 13, I can't believe that Henny ran that far. I thought you had them beat. Yeah, that <laughs> couple plays, I think they wish they could have back, right? Yeah. That one. And then the, actually the previous possession, I think it was like fourth and one, and they punted it, and it was like – you got the momentum. If you give the ball, but you don't want to give them back. Yeah, to him. yeah. I know you don't give Mahomes the ball back. Well, he was out at that point. Remember oh, that's right, Chad Henney. Had, that's right, Henney was out. Yeah, that's a good point. But and even the rest like, of that offense still, is good. It's like he, those guys are so explosive. You can't give them up. <laughs> yeah, it's like the but, Packers hey. in the NFC Championship game. They gave the ball back to Brady, and they, they, they should have gone for it on that fourth down. Right. I mean, as a as a Bucks fan, I'm glad they didn't. But right. giving the ball back to Brady with three minutes is not smart. I mean, you know what he's going to do, and he 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 did what he does. And I think from what I've heard, I mean, from what I know, I think that's why Aaron doesn't want to go back to the Packers. Right? Oh, I think all over that one play, really. Because the thing about right. it, if he if he gets it and they win the game, they go and win the Super Bowl. This is a non, or even just gets right. the Super Bowl. It's right. a non-issue, right? But but. Yeah, he didn't oh. like that call, and he and he gets he gets kind of razzed about it every time he turns around. And I, I don't think it's his doing. He wanted to go for it, but he's got to yeah. do what he's told. You're the, he's yeah, exactly. the quarterback. He's not the coach. <laughs> exactly. Well, he can go. He can be a coach, right? <laughs> right. He could. He probably could. I don't. You know. Yeah. Sometimes the great ones don't make good coaches because they realize the other guys aren't as talented and don't have the same work ethic. Right. Exactly. So, well, Ben, thank you so All much, right. man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for all you have. Have a good, a good one, man. I just want to interrupt this interview real quick and give a shout out to my friends over at Encore Golf. Encore provides some of the most cutting edge technology in a golf ball that I have ever seen. Their team in Buffalo, New York is changing the script of golf technology through their perimeter weighted designs, which offer players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course. With their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show.